Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. We're going to continue today. I'm going to do my best to pick up where Pastor Dave left off last week as he was speaking on the Holy Spirit. Didn't he do an excellent job? Uh, it's just so, so good. If you missed it, go back to the podcast. Um, I was talking to Jane earlier this morning. She says, I wasn't here last week, but I've listened to the podcast three times. So I think I'm caught up on what happened. Uh, it was just so hard. to. It was like drinking from a fire hose, right? You're just trying to write everything down and, and process it and digest it. And uh, he talked about mountains are no match for the Holy Spirit. I love how he picked that out of the book of Zechariah. And uh, we're going to continue to talk today about the Holy Spirit, and not next week, because next week is Father's Day, but after that, we're going to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit and unpack. And I, I want us to take our time with this. So we're, we're starting a series that kind of started last week and continuing today called, I've Seen a Ghost. I've Seen a Ghost. Does anyone enjoy watching scary, scary movies? Anyone watch horror movies? I have a question for you. What is wrong with you? Why, why do you enjoy being scared? Like, yes, I'll pay money for you to frighten me. That sounds like great entertainment. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I, I have zero tolerance for scary movies. And especially growing up as a child, I, I could not handle anything. E even older movies, like um, if you've seen um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, that older movie and the kidnapper, like, scaring me. I, I was afraid, I had nightmares of Oompa Loompas from Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, I remember one time, I was about 10 or 11 years old, and I went to my friend's house, because that's where we saw the movies that we probably shouldn't have watched at our house, right? You know, you had that one friend, and uh, we were watching the movie Signs. If you've heard of that one, it's an M. Night Shyamalan, Mel Gibson movie. And uh, aliens are invading, right? They're coming to Earth. And that there's, a, there's a moment where they finally show the alien. Because you know, leading up to the suspense of not knowing what it looks like, it's almost as scary before you even see it. But it's like on a ho home video, and all of a sudden, this, this video screen, and it, it's, it zooms in, and it focuses on this alien. And my eyes got like really big, and my friend sitting next to me, he'd already seen the movie, he knew every jump scare, so he's just looking at me and laughing at me as I'm being frightened by this thing that I probably should not have been watching. And anyways, I don't know how you guys do that, but... Um, fortunately, the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, is not here to scare you, but unfortunately, a misunderstanding or misconceptions of the Holy Spirit can cause people to be uncomfortable, because what we don't understand about the Holy Spirit, that, that shouldn't push us away from Him, it should actually, it, we should be sensitive to where and when we feel fear, and where we have questions about a topic. Because we, we should want to, to seek it all the more to understand. If we're scared of something, we should understand what we don't know. And, and I'll be honest, it would be a lot easier for me to just stay away from this topic. You know, it had been a lot easier for me to just come in and say, hey, let's preach on the grace of God. Anybody need more of the grace of God in their lives? Just something that we could all, you know, come around. But the Holy Spirit is so important. We, we can't stay away from that. We can't say, well, that's just a part of the Bible that we don't talk about. You know, the Bible says that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training. And we know that Jesus, he gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift to help us. When he ascended to the Father to intercede for us, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And so we've entitled this series, I've Seen a Ghost, because 
Whether you realize it or not, you have seen the Holy Spirit at work in and around your lives. Pastor Dave said it really well last week. He said the Holy Spirit is with you and in you. And then lastly, he said he is upon you. The workings of the Holy Spirit, it didn't just begin in Acts 2. That's Pentecost. But we know the Bible says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters since the beginning of time in Genesis. So this morning, we're, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. And, and all throughout the Bible, we've seen him move. And this morning's message is entitled Spirit Week. Spirit Week. Did anybody in high school, you remember Spirit Week going to? Me neither, but um, I, I was homeschooled or online school, so I didn't really have that. We, there was not a whole lot of online spirit school presence. Um, but, but what I've been told is it was a way for people to kind of come together. Maybe you would dress up a certain way or face paint or to get school unity, school spirit, uniting around this, this concept or this school. I thought, how much more should Christians unite and find joy in the gift that we have in the Holy Spirit for us? And so today we're going to look at Acts chapter 4. Very different from last week. Pastor Dave was this way and that way, and he was all over the place showing us the Holy Spirit. We're going to hone in on Acts chapter 4. If you've got your Bible with me, you can turn there, and I promise I will not deviate from that chapter today. Acts chapter 4. Let, let me back up. So Acts 2 and 3, just give you a summary. Acts 2, we know that's the day of Pentecost, right? That's the day the Holy Spirit came and, and filled people in the upper room. Acts 3, Peter and John, they go to the temple and on their way, they, they heal a man who couldn't walk. Man, remember the man, he, he was there begging for money. And he asked for Peter and John, he says, do you have any money? Can you, can you give me any money? And Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I have I will give you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And I thought, this, is, this isn't in our scope today, but aren't you thankful that sometimes God doesn't give us what we want or what we ask for? Because he has something way better for us. Amen? So now today, after that encounter, we see what happens to Peter and John next. Let's, let's read the first four verses of Acts chapter 4. It says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. All right, so, so Peter and John, they're, they're preaching to the people, and this group comes against them, right? It says the priest, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, and, and they're not happy because they don't actually believe in the resurrection, so Peter and John, is, they're preaching against what the Sadducees believe and what they have been trying to tell the people. So, so they arrest Peter and John to stop them from spreading the good news, but, somebody say but. I love what verse 4 says, but many who heard the word believed and the number came to about 5,000. You know, oftentimes the enemy tries to stifle what God is doing in our lives. And the enemy here, he was trying to stop Peter and John. He, he was trying to arrest them, but the word had already been preached. Praise God. 5,000 people came to Christ. Isn't that wild? Right after Pentecost, Peter and John, they're filled with the Spirit. They heal a man who couldn't walk, and, and they preach so that 5,000 would believe, and now they're in jail. 
You know, they, they've been, they, this could have been a frustrating moment for Peter and John. They've had these highs and, and, you know, seeing the good that was happening, but now they're going to prison. Why, why didn't God protect them from the priests? Why didn't God keep them safe? Sometimes he allows us to go through things that are uncomfortable because he has a plan in it. We know the Bible says that the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good. So let's see what happens next. Read with me verses 5 through 12. It says, And on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, and the, high priest, Annas the high priest and Cyphus and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst... They inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man, is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." All right, let's pause here. Peter and John, they're essentially in court in this hearing, and they've brought everyone in, right? It says, again, the high priest and his whole family and the scribes and the elders, everyone is gathered there. And they place Peter and John right in the middle of all of it. And they asked him how they healed this lame man from chapter 3. And then what happens? It says, verse 8, it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, because Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was able to respectfully and emphatically articulate how this man could stand before them well. Our first point today, we're looking at three different points of Spirit Week and how the Holy Spirit helps us. Number one, the Spirit gives words. Simply, the Spirit gives words. Being filled with the Holy Spirit will give you the words to witness to people. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine being stuck in that situation. You know, if, if, if you and I were in that predicament, we'd probably be shaking, right? Have you ever had to, to go in a courtroom or face trial or be kind of the focus and the attention of a lot of people, a lot of people that don't like you, that want to see you thrown in prison? Imagine if there were cameras on them. Imagine if this was a, a, a case with Amber Heard, Johnny Depp type of trial. Everybody's watching. I know you guys don't watch that. You're too spiritual to get caught up in all that junk. But a large group, and, and this people, again, they hated them. They wanted to imprison them, charge them with anything they could. And yet Peter and John, in this moment, they take the opportunity to preach the gospel. I feel like it was the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter because of the words that he used, because of how he shared the testimony. 
If I can be honest, when I read this and I read how Peter said it in that moment, I actually felt convicted. Because I thought if I was in that moment, and if I had the gumption to say what I wanted to, I might have tried to take credit for what Jesus had done. You know, I might have tainted the story a little bit. I might have said, you know, the beggar came up to me, but I said, no, I don't have that. But through Jesus, you can stand up and walk. And I did that, you know. I got convicted. I was like, the way Peter says it every time in here, he mentions the name Jesus over and over. He, 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 says, uh, he says, Jesus is the reason that he's healed. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. He is the only one, the only name under heaven that's given to all people through which we can be saved. The Holy Spirit gives Peter the words to say in an unprecedented situation. Have you ever been caught in a situation that, you know, you, you don't know what to do? And you don't know what to say? And panic and anxiety starts to overtake you? Maybe you're not quick on your feet to think of something. How many of you, when you get into an argument and then later you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, I should have said this. That would have been the perfect response in that moment, right? But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're in the place that God has intended for us to be, he'll give us the words to say. I remember back in high school, there was, there was one night of youth group, and a kid came in. I'd never seen him before, and he, he sat down. He was probably about 12 or 13 years old, and at the time, I was 17 years old, and I, I sat down next to him as our youth, ba- youth pastor began to preach. And uh, this kid asked every single question imaginable. I mean, not just like understandable questions, just like pastoring, like, what, can I go use the bathroom? When is this going to be over? What is he talking about? I'm like dude, I need you to relax. I need you to calm down. I'm about to lose it right now. And then my natural, my fleshly, I wanted to move away from him or ignore him or tell him to, in the blessed, just, you know, shut your mouth, just be quiet, just please stop talking to me, you know. But I felt a peace and a love over me that I knew wasn't from me, but that God had given me for that moment. You know, we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a, there's a prayer language attached to that, but there's also the fruits of the Spirit. Very practical. Love, joy, peace, patience. I needed patience in that moment. And I remember at the end of the night, my patience was, was wearing thin. But thankfully, the sermon was over, and I came up to my youth pastor, and I unloaded on him. I was like, who is this kid? He was driving me nuts. I, I think I even said to him, why did you preach so long? You know, that night of all nights. And he said to me, you don't understand, Matt. That kid, he's been going through some things at home. His parents, they're not doing well right now. They're, they're arguing with each other, and they're not giving him the attention that he needs. And that's why here, he's kind of in his way lashing out. And that hit me that, wow, I could have, I could have, lost my temper. I could have lost my self-control and, and said, be quiet and, and given this kid a, a bad first experience in church. But thankfully, I believe only because of the Holy Spirit threw me, not because of me, but the Holy Spirit gave me the patience for that moment. And God is with you in all situations and he can fill you with his spirit to give you the words to say. Not only does he give you the words, but he also gives the boldness in which to say them. Look with me at the next four verses, verses 13 through 16. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished 
and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem that we cannot deny it. Here we come to what I believe is the theme, the main theme of this entire chapter. Boldness. Boldness. We see this word throughout the chapter. It is used three different times. The Holy Spirit, he gives us the words, but number two, he sends boldness. He sends boldness with those words. We know that the words we use matter, right? And we know that the manner, the tone, the inflection in which we use them, that also matters, right? If you have children, you know that it matters. Are they asking something of you? Are they demanding something of you? We were, we were on vacation in Florida with, with my family and, and my brother and sister-in-law. They have two, uh, we have two nephews two kids under the age of four, under the age of five, and uh, sometimes they would ask things um, a little bit with a little bit of vigor, up, or food, snacks. And then the parents would have to explain to them, I'm sorry, what was that? Up, please, up, please, thank you. You know, in the best way they could, trying to say thank you. Snacks more, please. It, it matters what you say, and it matters how you say it. Did you grow up with a mom that would go to you and say, tell your brother sorry, and you go, sorry, Say, I am sorry. I am sorry. You know, it matters how we said it. Then that moment, my mom would be the judge. Did I do a well enough job showing that I was actually sorry? Or was I just saying the words? It sounds like in this moment, Peter and John, as they stood in front of the entire assembly, remember the high priest, the officials, everyone, and they spoke the truth about Jesus, how he was the only one through whom they could receive salvation it doesn't sound like they said these things in a meek, mousy, quiet voice, right? It sounds like they spoke with some confidence, some courage, some boldness, declaring the truth of God to a courtroom full of people that wanted them killed or at the very least arrested. The Bible says the crowd, the group there, it says they were astonished because they perceived these men to be common uneducated men. But then it says that they recognized that these men had been with Jesus. I think that's so cool. You know, education is so important. But the most important education that we can receive is our time spent with Jesus. I love that they could perceive that they had been with Jesus. There's no better education that we can receive than sitting at the feet of Jesus. There's nothing better than, than saying and calling on our instructor, the Holy Spirit, to teach us to live this life. Amen? And because these men had been with Jesus and are now filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke with boldness. They spoke with spirit-inspired courage and confidence. If I could sum up why you need to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit today, with one word, it would be, you need boldness. Think about how boldness would help you better in your day-to-day -day life. You know, maybe it would push you to, to go and talk to your neighbors. Maybe it would push you to, 
to pray for your waitress. Maybe it would move you towards forgiveness and reconciliation with a family member. Maybe it would push you to pray for a complete stranger or for that handyman that came to, to fix your sink. You need boldness of the Holy Spirit in your life to, to live righteously because if we're honest, a lot of us just want to go through life uninterrupted, right? I don't want to bother anyone else. Please, no one else bother me. It's a lot easier doing things that way. But sometimes we have to be willing to let God interrupt our day and be open to partnering with the Holy Spirit to change someone else's life. There was one Wednesday night after church when we were at Dublin that we went out to eat. And one of our favorite late night places was IHOP. Doesn't that sound like just a great, you know, before you go to bed, let's just load up on some fried cakes and syrup, like just, and then you'll sleep great after that, right? And uh, we got there, and this place was, um, it was not busy, busy, because it was late at night, but there was only like one person trying to work the entire place. And this poor lady, she's run from here to there, and she finally gets us seated, and, and we're looking at the menu, and um, she comes over and she's just apologizing, like, I'm sorry, we're trying our best. And, and she explains that there's no one else that, you know, people had called off today. And she's been working days and days and days in a row. And this poor lady, Tammy, she was having a rough day. And we could have said, wow, that, that's really too bad. Um, can I get the stacks with a side of hash browns? Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, but first we said, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, we just came from church tonight, and we're just here getting something to eat. Can we pray with you? Can we just lift you up in prayer? And Tammy said that would be great, and we, in that moment, prayed for her. And then we ordered the Cinestacks and hash browns. But, but first, we took a moment and said, how, God, how can we partner with you to bless this person? And I don't know if that made her night or changed her week. I, you know, I don't know. I, we can only do what we can do and then expect God to do the rest, right? And so I encourage you, would you take a moment to step out of your comfort zone? You're not going to get it every time. I don't pray with every waitress. No, my batting average is like 0.200. Like it's not very good. But, but the more that I'm with God, the more that I'm filled up with his spirit, the better I am at being alert and listening and obedient. I love how at the end of verse 16 it says, when they come, came together to figure out what to do with Peter and John, and they have the evidence right in front of them. Can you imagine like, well, we should put them in prison. There's a guy who hasn't walked for 40 years sitting right there, standing right there at this point. And said, well, we can't really do anything about it. At the end of the verse, it says the power of God was undeniable. It was undeniable. When God moves, you, you can't dispute it. You, you can't argue with it. And they finally decide to let them go. And then read verses 21 and 22 with me. It says, and when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. They couldn't punish them because the people were all there celebrating, praising what God had done. I want you to keep that in mind, praise followed this moment, the first thing that happens as they, as they leave, as they're allowed to, to go and be set free. They praised God. And when Peter and John were released, they went to their friends and they told them everything that happened. They lifted their voices to God. And let's pick it up in verse 29. 
It says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together, I love that word gathered together, you know what I'm saying? The place that they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Remember, Peter and John, they praised God, the people praised God, and then they prayed together, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit gives us the words, he sends the boldness, and number three, he fills, the Spirit fills the hungry. When they came together, dare I say, when they gathered together, that place was shaken, and they were filled, and it says they continued to speak with boldness. It sounds like to me in this moment that many of them were actually being refilled with the Holy Spirit. Because we know Peter and John, they, they were there on Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and God tells us here, all, all were filled that were here in Acts 4. So I believe God is trying to tell us in this chapter that we need to be filled and refilled to continue to be bold. Why? Because we leak. You and I going through life, we leak. We need reminders over and over who God is and to be filled with his spirit. You know, we know that God is good, but we need to be reminded over and over. When we, have, uh, we need to be reminded that he's the provider when we receive an unexpected bill. We knew that before then, but we need to be reminded of it. We need to be reminded that he's our healer when all of a sudden we we're in sickness and, and struggling in our health. We need to be reminded that he is the comforter when we go through something painful. We have to be continually recharged, refueled, refilled to continue to speak God's word in boldness. And thankfully, God responds to our praise and our prayer. God responds to our hunger for him. He responds when we call out to him. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. He said, ask and it will be given to you. I think it's important as we come before God with prayer and praise that we're coming to seek. First of all, we're seeking God, not the gifts. Right? We, we, don't, we don't seek, what we want more of is, is God filling us with, with his presence. I'm looking to be filled with the spirit, not, not just in order to have a prayer language. I'm seeking the miracle worker, not just, not just the miracles. We have to be careful that we don't just chase after sensations, right? We're not just chasing after miracles. We're not just chasing after speaking in tongues. We're chasing after more of God. And God is a good God. He's a good father. He knows what to give us when we, when we need it. We're desiring the Holy Spirit because we need him to fill us up. We need him to give us the, the words to say and the boldness to speak it in. And we need him to give us a supernatural love for people. Because guess what? I don't care how well you speak in your spiritual prayer language. If you can't speak love and kindness in your English language. 
right? Sometimes, if I'm, sometimes in the Pentecostal, we can get this superiority complex. Like, oh, well, I speak a tongue, so I've got a little bit more figured out than you. That mentality, that attitude means you don't. It means you got it all wrong. Because the reason we're filled up with the Spirit is to love people better. The reason that Jesus, when he was on earth, would go away to get alone with God and get focused is so he would have the strength to go and speak to the people that needed his love. That's why we do all these things. The whole point of receiving all that God has for us is to make us more like Christ. Now, as we close, let me try to explain this this baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to take a moment to pray for anyone who wants to be filled or refilled. Remember in Acts 2, Pastor Dave preached that this was the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, it says they were all filled with the Spirit. It began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you might have heard last week, you might have heard Pastor Dave or or others, we were kind of speaking in tongues. You know, we believe this is a prayer language that God gives to people in filling them with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about tongues of men and of angels. So there's a spiritual prayer language. You know, when someone's speaking in tongues, they're, first of all, they're not out of control, okay? They haven't lost it. They're not being possessed. They're not mumbling enchantments, okay? It's a way that we can do what the Bible calls praying without ceasing. I believe it's Philippians that talks about that. And some of that means to be praying throughout your day, continually being in connection with God, and that's true. But I believe it also means to pray without ceasing is when you pray in the Holy Spirit. Because, I don't know about you, but when I pray in English, after a while, I struggle to think about what to pray for. You know, I'm praying for a few minutes, and I'm like, uh, and God, uh, just fill us with this, and healing for that. But after a while, I struggle to know what to pray for. But when I pray in my prayer language, I can keep going. I can just keep going and going. Because I've disconnected, I've, I've bypassed my English in my mind. I'm going from my spirit to the spirit of God. And the most amazing thing about that, I think, is that when I'm praying in tongues, when I'm speaking in tongues, I know that, again, I'm bypassing my mind, I'm bypassing my flesh, so I'm praying the perfect will of the Father into my life and my situation. That's why we do this. It helps give a boost to a prayer time and our personal time with God. Why? Again, why do we do all this? Not so that we can just say we have this or get our credential card that we speak in tongues or anything like that. It's so that we can have more boldness in our public life to live out our commitment to God. Are you guys with me this morning? You guys all right? We're going to set some time aside right now to give you an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and get ready to lead us. If you desire to be filled or refilled with the Spirit in a moment, I'm going to invite you to the front to, to be prayed for. Before I want to do that, I want to explain what this, you know, this altar, this response area. It's funny that we call it an altar because we don't really have any altars down here, but you get the picture. This response area. Because sometimes there's, um, it can be intimidating to move forward, right? You know, there's, there's no chairs around you to support you. There's no one right next to you. People might think, you know, what, what are they struggling with? What, why are they going to the front? Is there something wrong with that person? 
I, I don't want people to think there's something wrong with me because I go to the front, right? That, that, and hopefully that sounds silly, but for honest, sometimes we think that way, right? And this is not a place where people come up front to bring their problems. It's a place where we come forward to find our faith again, to find our hope, maybe to allow someone else to pray with us and encourage us through a tough time, or maybe we just want more of God and, and an outward expression of what we feel like God is doing on the inside of us. If you remember the first time that we announced we we're gonna be the gathering, and we asked people, if this is your church, if you feel comfortable, would you come forward? Let's worship together as a church. And, and a lot of us filled this area in the front and it can be that again. It didn't have to be a one-time thing. And again, it's not saying, well, if you don't go to the front, you're, you're less spiritual. No, it's just sometimes we have to make a physical movement in order to prod our, our, spiritual, our spiritual person. It's just a brief public service announcement for this area down front, but back to this morning. Anyone that is desiring more of the Holy Spirit, you want boldness in your life. For God to speak through you the words, give you the boldness. I just want to take a moment and pray with you. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit into this time just to take a few minutes before we leave. We've been preaching about this. We've been talking about it. But if you want to come forward and you want to get prayed for for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask for a simple thing. Because anyone can come forward. We're going to worship. If you want to seek God on your own, whatever you want to do, you want to get prayed for to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to simply put your toes against this platform. That way I know if you're coming forward and you just want to pray, you don't want anyone to bother you, we'll leave you alone. But if you want to get prayed with to experience the Holy Spirit, I don't want to leave today without giving you an opportunity to do that. You stand with me this morning. Let's right now, let's just invite the Holy Spirit into this moment. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus gave us you as a gift that you could be in us and upon us. For all the things we have to do in life, you are with us. You've given us a prayer language that we can connect with you. And you've given us a boldness and a love to live out our life for you. So right now we pray for anyone that's feeling compelled. I pray that this morning you would fill them with your spirit. Fill them with the fruits of your spirit. As we just want to be more like you, Jesus. Thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.